So I heard you're quitting music. Like it's it's over. You got you know, nothing else going on. You're, you're done. Oh yeah, forever. Quitting, quitting forever. <laughs> I I think I'm on that same path. <laughs> you know, life the life chooses some of us, but not all of us. <laughs> I didn't I didn't choose the thug life. It chose me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man. All right. Here we go. Boom. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm sorry that I was uh, absent for the last week. I was on vacation. Well deserved because I'm getting older and I don't feel like, you know, working anymore. Who is there any person that actually feels like working maybe other than I don't know Elon Musk or like yeah. Bezos or somebody like that? I don't know if he likes working either. I think he just likes making money. <laughs> I mean, if I was that smart, I I would have to work my brain at some points in my life. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> Allegra Larson, welcome to the show, my friend. It's so uh, it's so great to have you on. This is awesome. Have you ever podcasted before? I haven't. No. No way. This is your first one. Yeah. We're making moves over here. Certainly are. <laughs> so, how's everything going? I know we just talked previously before the show, but uh, let everyone know what's going on with you. You've been rocking and rolling, obviously. Yeah, good, good. I've been super busy, uh, playing a lot. Um, I have a, res- a music residency every Tuesday and Sunday uh, here in Westover at uh, the 1846 Tavern. Uh, that's about to wrap up this week uh, for until the summer. Um yeah, it's been great. Um, I'm heading back to Boston, actually, uh, where my where, I'm, where I grew up. Um, oh, I didn't know that you grew uh, up in next Boston. Friday, and I'm playing at the Midway Cafe in Jamaica Plain. Um, it's one of the first places I ever had a real gig. I'm super excited to go back. Uh, we're gonna be playing uh, some of my original songs too, which is pretty cool. That's dope. Yeah. I didn't know you grew up in Boston. That's where my family's from, my mother's side. Nice, yeah. I grew up like an hour north of the city, but um, yeah, it's where I got my start musically at that place, the Midway Cafe, uh, there a few years ago, and it kind of like launched me on my trajectory. That's dope. I I think, I want to say 75 to 80% of people have probably gotten their starts in cafes and little clubs and stuff like that. You know, I I certainly did. You know, I was... When I was in a band, like in 2009, I started my first band and we opened up in a place called Clem's Cafe in Rutland, Vermont. And um, it was just the coolest thing, like never playing shows before, like little small things before that, but nothing like club, like big size. But uh, what is what has it been like lately from that point from Boston on to now? Like, what have you been doing since then? Um. I, from that point, that was back in 2019, I think was my first real gig there. Um, and from that point, I've started playing with lots of other players. It really opened me up to this network of people I hadn't uh, met before and just hadn't hadn't crossed paths with. Um, started playing with other people, just started um, even not playing with them, just going to other people's shows, like seeing what other people were up to. Um, then, of course, you know, give it six months and we're all trapped inside so i started rehearsing more uh 
really started uh, dis- like having some discipline with rehearsing the piano, especially. Um, and since then, you know, I moved up to Vermont in the midst of all that. Uh, and I started playing live shows as soon as I could uh, up here and back in Mass. Um, I played a duo with my dad. My dad's big in the music scene as well, uh, back in Mass. That's cool. I started cool. playing in a duo with my dad. I started playing in a, a band up here in Westover. Um, and then, yeah, I really starting to take my own solo stuff seriously as well. Um, and just playing in as many places as I can. And that's kind of been kind of been my MO. I work at Mount Snow, uh, the ski resort. That's uh, the right. So the bread and butter uh, if the gigs aren't... Uh, super lucrative just having something uh having some health care too is nice oh dude um, that's the biggest thing. that's why i work at ups man Ab- amongst like the pension and you know benefits and stuff like it's like you need it <laughs> yeah totally uh, being a musician doesn't uh supply that for us unfortunately unfortunately we're not um, we're not anyone uh we're not anyone pro- <laughs> prominent at the moment which is like yeah but like i you know for me I thrive on that sort of thing. I like being an unknown and I like doing, I've always have loved the underground scene and like going to places that nobody knows about and really like feeling out the crowds and stuff like that. Um, Totally. And, and anonymity, anonymity is actually a a beautiful thing uh, to be able to go somewhere and not be followed. And (laughs) yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Not if people know who you are, like it's, it can be a cool, it's a cool cool (laughs) so how did you get involved in all this like what let's talk about you for a little bit like what happened what happened how did you get into all this like did you start playing as a as a little girl or like where Um, how did you get started i've been been singing most of my life um i've always wanted to do it growing up i was really into theater and dance and all that kind of stuff and that was actually my path for most of uh, childhood and high school and all that i really you know uh, musical theater was going to be my thing. Um, then I got to college and I realized I, I didn't want anything to do with that shit. I really just wanted to be able to sing and be on stage um, and tell a story. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, in college I started taking songwriting a little more seriously. I would, uh, the fir- I, I tra- ended up transferring schools, but my freshman year uh, I used to go down to, like, the this basement of... Uh, the music and theater school and just play piano down there like any hours of the day and started writing songs a lot uh and yeah i just kind of kept up with that i i ended up transferring uh to a school out in chicago and i was out in chicago for four years which was awesome i loved being out there wow um so you've traveled yeah still still playing a lot but because of school i couldn't really you know pursue it and again i didn't think i necessarily wanted to um but uh yeah i ended up i ended up uh going to a, an acting program in new york city uh, after i graduated uh for a summer and that was awesome um and then i ended up moving back home uh afterwards because i was broke <laughs> um once i was back home especially being around my dad my dad really started being like no you gotta play out like you gotta really get at least try like it's fun even if you don't you know end up liking it like just you know for the fun of it um yeah, once I started playing out, I, I just fell in love with it, and I never wanted to stop. Yeah, um, it's a especially bug. Especially playing my own music is a really cool experience, and seeing how just different people react to it every time. It's a really awesome feeling. Well, I, you know, we met, 
I want to say, was it a year ago? Almost. It was last August, I think. Last August. Okay. So like, yeah. so this, this summer it'll be a year. I, and I was absolutely mesmerized. I was like, my God, that is such a beautiful voice I hear. And where is it coming from? <laughs> And I turn and, you know, let alone, I love meeting people. I've always been like a people person, not as much these days, but when you find people that are dope, it's like, it's a lot easier to have conversations. And my buddy Meatball, who was with me when we met you guys, it was like, um, he's a very people person too, you know, and we met, uh, we, we met your boy and he was a, a sweetheart of a guy. And then he was like, yeah, that's, he's like, that's my girlfriend. I'm like, I was like, no way. Congrats. That's awesome. She's <laughs> great. And my gosh, you're so talented, my friend. And, uh, it was just a joy to, to hear your voice. It's like, I'm always interested in, in finding people who not only are good at something, but they put their heart into it. And you could tell by your songwriting, that's how you do it. You know, I've been playing music for the last 18 years I've been on stage. And it's like, it's crazy the amount of people that I've met in 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 this journey. And, you know, it, it was really, really nice to run into you and to make your acquaintance. And uh, I'm really happy yeah. that I got you on the show. Um, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Um, and you got songs coming out, right? Like, what, what's uh, what's going on with you song-wise? When's your... Uh, right, when's your now, uh, right now, I just released two. Re- released my first ever song back in October. Um, and then I released another one uh, back in January. I actually released it on my birthday. It just felt like the timing. It's not a birthday song, really. It has nothing to do with that, but it just kind no, of... No, I know, yeah. Really well. um, sure. Yeah, I ended up getting in the studio last June. I, it kind of just by happenstance. Um, we got my cousin up to play the drums. My dad was on the guitar. Uh, but um, I'm focusing now. I'm hoping to release an EP, uh, work on it this summer, and release it hopefully sometime in the summer if I can make that work. Uh, leaning towards it being probably being mostly just the piano, I think, at this point. Uh, I'm really interested in just kind of recording just some raw stuff right now. Like eventually I think I might re-record it with a, with a full band, but just, um, just releasing the songs as they are a lot. It's a lot of the, the five I'm planning on doing are all more on the, the ballad side of stuff. Mm. Just really letting yeah my voice and my songwriting come through. Uh, and then going back and layering more instruments on and kind of taking a more complex journey musically. Uh, just kind of letting the songs and yeah, my, my voice stand on their own and my piano, the piano as well. Um, there's a beautiful studio in Wilmington uh, that I'm hoping to go to that has a gorgeous grand piano. Haven't been able to play a grand piano in years, so I'm like really excited, uh, hoping to lay some stuff down on that. I was just about to ask you like where, where you were recording, like how how did you find the studio that was right for you? Um, this guy. The, the first place I recorded um, was a family friend, so it just kind of, he, he got me a good rate, so it just kind of worked out. Didn't do my, I didn't do a ton of research into it, it just, all the pieces fell into place. Um, but um, this studio uh, here in Vermont, um, this guy ended up seeing me at a show, and he came up to me uh, during the set break, and he's like, hey, like, you know, I'd be interested in you coming over, just check out the space, like, play the piano, see how you feel. Um, and I went over, um, 
a few months ago and I just I really felt connected to it and the beautiful space and just the opportunity to lay some of these songs down. I, I can really hear um, some of these songs being on a, a full grand rather than just being on um, a keyboard. Not that the keyboard, anything's wrong with an electric, an electric instrument, but um, something about the acoustics of a real, of a real piano. It's just, there's nothing like it. Yeah. I, you know, before nobody knows us, but, uh, you know, when I was on vacation or whatever, like right before I left, you and I were having a conversation about, uh, me trying to get rid of this keyboard and, and it's, and it's a beautiful keyboard and, and now I'm regretting it. I don't usually regret things. (laughs) Like I'm not regretting it, regretting it, but like it was, uh, it was completely fortuitous that I happened to sell this thing like the day before I go on vacation and I go home, like I go visit my mom or whatever. And my mother has this beautiful piano that yeah. has been in my family for at least 40 years, like 40, close to at least 40. Cause it was, mm. it was my grandfather's mother. So my great grandmother's on my mother's side that we've had it for that long. So, yeah. and, and you know, they're at work. And I always fiddle around with it. I always have. But in all my years, you know, I've never actually sat down and taken the time to really try to figure out something that would work for me writing a song on piano. Mm-hmm. And I wrote my first song on piano while I was on vacation to the T, full. Like awesome. verses, choruses, breakdowns. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm such an idiot. Like, why... <laughs> get rid of this keyboard (laughs) like he's stupid you just you just came up with something i mean and then you know i got an album coming out at some point and i've been racking my brain forever and i'll tell you i'll tell you off air like what the whole title is remind me because it's it it like you know it was very cathartic like everything just came so naturally once i finally finished it i got in such do you get in a zone like when you get in a zone writing you start writing something you're like this is exactly where this should be and that's exactly what happened i wrote my first song on piano and all the other stuff came to me i was like this is perfect this is exactly what's going to separate the other songs i find that my best work comes kind of all at once um and then going back and and fine-tuning certain things but the two songs I've released um, in writing both of those. First one, I think I just sat down and pretty much played the whole thing out. And um, it's just like you said, verses, choruses, everything, like, just just flowed. Um, musically, the structure of this song, I've definitely worked at for the song about 10 years ago. And definitely have worked at and changed keys and changed really changed the rhythm on a few things um and changed like that the ending especially but um the the real meat of the song the heart of the song had just happened in one one session for sure um and same with the other one honestly that one that one took me i remember the day that it happened it i just i sat down and i wrote it probably in like i'm gonna say like six hours it took me six out but it was like I, just like you said, I was like, I'm getting this, like, I have a seed and I'm following this seed. Um, and I wrote all the verses that day and then maybe like, oh God, maybe like four or five years later, same thing. I came home one day and I just wrote all, wrote the choruses out. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I think I was driving back from Vermont. I think I had just driven back from Vermont, uh, back to Massachusetts, and I got home, and I got at the piano, and I just played it, just wrote everything out. Just complete, you know. And it's, it's not always like that a lot of times. Uh, I have what, what I guess is called the second verse cur- curse, where I got the chorus, I got the first verse, and it's great, but now I have this middle chunk. It's true. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's next. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how to continue what I'm trying to say here. Um, a lot of times I get, stu- I get stuck and I end up not touching stuff for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently I've really been trying to push through that and been like, okay, like just, just write something. Just try something and just write it down. And if you hate it, you can get rid of it. But just to kind of push through that um, block. Uh, it's tough, man. It's it's like, you know, when you're passionate about something that takes so much time, you know, it, it's it's like, it's like, how am I going to say exactly what I want to say and still keep the message clear? You know what I mean? Exactly, it's, it's, yeah. it's it, I find struggling, like I struggle with that. You know, I think about... I think about guys like Kurt Cobain who have said like years and years ago, you know, don't look into the lyrics because they mean nothing. And I'm like, I can't write like that. Like I have to have structure. I have to have something in front of me in order to have it flow. No, totally, totally. And for me, the telling the story with the lyrics kind of heightens what the, the musicality is about a lot too. You know, um, I'm a big poetry fan as well, so I really love putting some, like, some poetic lyricism in there. Uh, love, like, wordplay and rhyming and just all that kind of stuff. Yes. And, um, Absolutely. And imagery, you know, I love playing with that kind of stuff. I gotta hook you up with my boy. He's got a, uh, he's got a podcast called the Dead Letter Radio Podcast. And Sweet. it's all yeah. poetry. Like, he just... Sweet. that'd be awesome. Bro, and he... He kills it, man. He makes me look like a cream puff, I swear. Every time... And I've been doing this podcast thing for the last three years, and it's just like, Taze, what are you, you're making me look bad. Like, you mind just not do, being doing so good? And, like, he's already in a book. Like, somebody mentioned him in a book. Like, I want to thank the Dead Letter Radio Pocket. I'm just like, but I gotta I gotta turn you on to that show after, after yeah. we get done with this. Because he's... If you ever think about doing poetry, anyone listening... Go check out his podcast and submit your stuff on Twitter because he'll put it out. He just reads everybody's art. He's a big supporter of local stuff, which is actually a good thing to talk to you about. How do you feel about, you know, you say you, you uh, which is great. Congrats on this. You say that you have a local residence at, uh, at yeah. that place you were telling me about. How does that, how does that feel to be like a local and have something that's, very very iconic when it comes to being a musician like having a place to go anywhere is great it's an interesting it's definitely interesting um because even though it i have this residency but because we're a resort town it's almost never the same people you know a lot of times when you have a residency in a not a place that's more stagnant but not necessarily a tourist destination you see a lot more of the same people coming Whereas it's almost never the same people every every Sunday and Tuesday. It's uh you know same same bartenders, same staff, maybe a few locals, but for the most part, it's a fresh audience every night, and that's definitely an interesting um, 
interesting perspective because I'm I'm always there, <laughs> but it's um, fresh people every time. But it's it's I feel very honored to um, have a residency. Um, I had one last summer as well. I had my first residency at R802 up in Stratton. And yeah, it's a it's a really cool experience to just know every week every week I got a gig every week I get to fucking play and and play my songs especially like you don't they don't tell me like no you have to do this number of covers you have to play this kind of stuff like just to know that I can get up there and for three hours every week I get to do whatever I want musically is blessing um, don't get me wrong like. I work on Sundays as well at the mountain. I work in about a nine hour day at the mountain and then I go right to my residency. So there are some days where I'm like, fuck, like I do not want to. I don't want to do this. I start playing, um, especially poor Alex is hauling my stuff every week. Like, <laughs> thanks, Alex. <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's. But it's, you know, getting up there and just once I start playing and getting in the flow and, you know, I've, I've learned so many new songs. And I've tried out so many songs that I probably never would have even tried out before if people hadn't, you know, if I just hadn't had this opportunity to play so often. Um, right. I found, you know, some of the days where my my voice is really tired, my my uh, piano improvisation has gotten a lot better. Um, I used to really shy away from soloing and kind of going out on a melody line on the piano. I really struck stuck more to like chord structures and and stuff like that and as a result of these these three-hour uh solo residencies like it's like nope i'm gonna i'm gonna solo out I'm yeah just gonna see why not happens, you know? wow that's interesting um, to me i didn't i you know i'm not a piano player so it's and i've been playing by ear my whole life basically mm-hmm. i except for you know i play an insane amount of instruments unfortunately but the guitar yeah, <laughs> uh so <laughs> um you know getting on the piano it's like i wouldn't even know where to start when it comes to to playing like you do like you just accentuate that whole keyboard like the whole every six is 66 key how many keys are on a piano am i dumb 88 88 i thought i knew it was a double digit thing but every time like when i saw you play i was like man that's i wouldn't even know where to begin to play like she's playing it just comes it seems like it comes so naturally to you but that's crazy that you feel that way the, when I, uh, during the pandemic, what I really started doing is doing scales every day, and I would do vocal scale, scales along with playing, and I think that's really what got me to spread out on the piano. I used to kind of be, felt confined to one quadrant, especially as I started, you know, using a mic more, I'd be like, you know, I can't, right here, I can't go too many places or I'm going to lose my spot. Um, but I realized as I practiced scales, especially with my voice and as my voice the more I stretched my voice, the higher and lower I could go. And so I started traveling more on the piano as well. Um, I also heard some, I'm a, I'm a big, you know, Grateful Dead fan. Um, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> um, I was watching a documentary about Bob Weir, one of the, the rhythm guitarists, and mm. they said he's, he's really good with inversions and just going up the guitar and playing uh, the same chord so many different ways. Or, um, and I was like, you know, like, and, and he said he got it from jazz pianists. Um, that's where he was noticing they did cool chording things. And I was like, okay, like, well, I'm going to try that. I'm going to go up and down the piano and just play the same chord different ways. And what can I find within that chord? And just giving myself the permission to kind of explore 
floor. Um, right. You know, especially without the pressure of performance, you know, at, at that period where I, I was, if it sounded like shit, who cares? Like, no one's playing live. It doesn't matter. Like, um, and just giving myself the permission to be bad. Um, and just try shit out and okay, that sounded horrible. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's cool because that mentality is definitely carried over for me into performance as well. Being like, okay, I'm going to try something out. Okay, that sounded bad, but hopefully no one heard it. Like, <laughs> I can find a way to, like, way to make it work uh, within what I just did. I don't think anyone understands, other than musicians, how much we catch ourselves doing things that we should not be doing. Like, there are... Oh, yeah. Like, you'll be up on stage or something, you know, and this has been going on my whole life where I'll be getting up on stage and I will torture myself and be like, oh my God, that was the worst. That was the worst. And then you get off stage and like 60 people are coming up to you. Oh, that was so great. I'm like, are you stupid? (laughs) Did you you actually hear that? But it's funny you mentioned that about like, about that documentary because you know who really accentuated that and has been a part of it is me i i ride that train so far because i love exploring all parts of an instrument you know like i i was that kid who would just do chords you know at some points it's like i never had the uh, audacity to try you know new things but that came so much more comfortably than you know uh like to fill in spaces i guess is a big thing yeah and especially once you start playing with other people too you you realize like oh i have to find kind of like you just said i have to find my my spot here yeah i can't i can't just play the chord on the one the whole time and Mm -hmm. hope it's gonna sound good like i'm i'm part of something a little bit bigger than myself now i gotta see where I can fill in the gaps and see what I can add to this experience. Um, especially in small bands, you know, like if you're, oh yeah, yeah, no, the, the duo, especially with my dad, my dad will play the acoustic guitar and I play the piano and we'll, we'll jam out a lot of stuff. And that's really where it's like finding where stuff can go and how to link, you know, link stuff together. Um, in the moment too, not talking about it, just figuring out like, okay, you're going to go there and watching your fingers. I'm going to go up here. Like, you know, um, and just kind of that, yeah, mental sync you get with somebody um, definitely then translates to, okay, I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. What did I just learn from that experience? Like, w- what can I now? I don't have a guitar. I don't have drums to fill in that extra space. Like, how am I going to fill in that extra yeah. space? Yeah, you got to figure it out. Um, I mean, I, I, when I was solo, well, I am solo, so now I'm solo again. Um, but, like, when I first started i don't know what that noise is that my computer is making by the way i really wish i did because it's aggravating um but when i first started i it was interesting to me that the education that you get on you know what it's like to have to figure it out with nobody else helping you nobody giving you advice you know, the sound guy hates you, you know, he hates his job, and he's just like, it's, it's like, I gotta figure out what that noise is, by the way, hang on, <laughs> All good. stupid thing, 
But yeah, it's it's crazy that you you really do have to figure it out. Like there's no other option. Like nobody's giving you yeah. advice. You just you have to figure it out. So yeah, especially um, in the moment, I found uh, you know when you don't have the the benefit of a sound engineer or someone mixing for you, and trying to figure out your levels and. You might seem it might seem really loud while you're on stage, but then you go out in the crowd and you can't hear yourself at all. Um, right. Or you know, starting to starting to play with EQ levels and be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna amp up the high end of this, and especially with my voice, like learning the different textures of my voice is one thing, just the voice by itself. But then starting to add EQ on top of it and yeah. Oh, let's see what happens if I highlight highlight the middle. Hate it. I hate when I highlight just the middle. It's just horrible. Yeah, it's like <laughs> but trying to trying to find a balance, um, especially yeah, live because it change it can change as the crowd ebbs and flows. Like trying to play with your levels um, as as you're going through a show. Like I'll adjust my levels, especially in my piano. Like throughout this throughout a song sometimes, um, and I can get super lost. Uh, sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, I really got to turn down, and all of a sudden, what chord was I playing? What's, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, and just having like a split second to kind of get your shit back together. Right. Uh, it's an interesting exercise. Like you said, you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants. Like, mm-hmm. there's, in, the mo- in the moment of a show, you can't be like, stop. No, I don't know what I'm doing. I got to figure this out. Everybody, hold on. Like, mm-hmm. you got to just keep rolling. Yeah. Um, I. You're super lost. When I was in a band, like for 10 years, I remember just working the room, getting up on stage, you know, not right away. Like I had to find a groove to where I could move around and really, you know, cause I was, I was singing a lot of the songs cause I wrote most yeah. of the songs, but working the room and like exploring the stage a little bit when I had time to do it, it I really felt like that was important because you get to, you get to feel the energy of like the crowd and mm-hmm. you know, you figure out the um, uh, like what the capacity of the room does to a performance. You know, it's it's a really interesting thing because sometimes Absolutely. sometimes you can get into a room and it's either really great or it's really bad. So, yeah. but what has that been like for you? Like, how, what yeah. how long have you been playing shows for? Let's get that. Let's let me ask that question. Like, when did you start playing live? This, that's such an interesting question. Um, I mean, I was in a, I was in a band in middle school. We didn't we played like block parties and like backyards. I, I wouldn't really call us like playing shows, <laughs> um, you know. And I didn't even really sing in the band. I mostly sang backup stuff. I just really wasn't confident with myself. Um, didn't really push for anything. Um, when I was in high school, we had this group called Rock Band, where I guess that was the first time I like sang. I sang in front of the school. Um, and it was so funny because, like, I, I remember everybody afterwards is like giving me high fives, you know, all this oh, stuff. Oh yeah, they love it. Comes, no one, everyone's forgotten old news, you know. Like, <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, but I started, believe it or not, believe it or not, I really started playing solo shows by myself. Um, December of 2021 was my first ever solo show. No kidding. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, my dad. I I did the I did a um. I, I don't really know what I would call it at, at the Midway Cafe, but basically they get this group of musicians. Um, there's this thing called Hippie Hour at, at Jamaica, in, at the Midway, and 
get this uh, group of musicians, this guy John Frazee puts it together, um, and people just rotate through, you know, we have, it's two hours, um, and he has a different group every, every Friday, and, you know, we got, we got asked to do it, um, and I didn't play, I just sang, um, and from there, yeah, we, we did, my dad and I did a few duo gigs, but not a, not a whole lot, and then, um, yeah, summer of 2021, we really started trying to pursue playing as a duo together, um, we have this duo called Dollop. Um, um, ooh, my cat just jumped down. Hi. <laughs> We're going to have a guest soon. <laughs> um, a lot of people brought their yeah, cats on this podcast. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we started playing. We played throughout the summer, and then I came back up here to work, came back up to Vermont. Um, and then I got an opportunity to play at the, the tap room at Mount Snow. Um and there wasn't enough time for my dad to come. It was just me. And it was, you know, that was my first real solo show. Um, and I was terrified. I was like, I do not know enough songs. I am not going to be loud enough. Like, oh my, like, and it was, I had a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, ever since then, you know, I started asking places around here, like, hey, can I, can I play at your restaurant? Can I play at your bar? Like, um, kind of seeing the reception I got too was, was pretty cool. Um, Seeing that people actually wanted to hear my music was so sick. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a big thing, man, um, to get to get that kind of attention. You know, it's, it's a cool. Yeah, but um, yeah. Then you know, I played. I I played was playing with this band, Doctor Hammerhand, up here as well. Um, you know, they they saw me. They saw a video of me playing with my dad, and everyone was like, "What the fuck? We didn't know you played." It's like I've been telling you guys. Like, hello. <laughs> Um, open your ears starting to play with them and just yeah like i yeah i just started putting myself out there more i just started asking more places if i could play and they said yes and (laughs) that's kind of um yeah december 2021 believe it or not that's how that was my first ever solo show um and then yeah getting i i ended up getting a residency summer of 2022 um happened kind of kind of quickly um i guess i think it's one of the benefits of again the ski resort industry is that Mm. other people from other mountains saw and it's like hey like we always have a need for live music we have multiple venues that want live music you know there's not a whole bunch of locals up here that play um there's definitely a solid group of us who are always gigging and always hustling um but it's not a massive turnover like you'd see in a larger, you know, a place like Boston where there's thousands of musicians. Um, right. There's definitely not thousands of us up here. But I know. Um, I got to get in on it. I, I've i never yeah. played a ski resort. Not one time in my whole life. It's never. a fun experience. Um, you know, for the most part, everyone's in an awesome mood, especially if you, you play at the mountain itself. Everyone's stoked after a day of skiing and riding. They and just get just to chill. Keep having a good time, yeah. Yeah, there's and something yeah. about being in that lodge. <laughs> there's something about being in that lodge. Like, it's just like, it's just a vibe. You know what I mean? It's, it's good energy it's... for the most part, yeah. But then, um, you know, the, the places around as well, the restaurants... Uh, once the mountain closes, people people gotta eat, gotta eat before you go home, gotta eat before you know, your long day of of exercising. Like, uh, so 
that's a, it's a pretty cool experience. I, I will say sometimes I'll play at some of the restaurants and you can tell there are some people who are just not live music fans. <laughs> like, can you like, shut up? I'm trying to eat here. Yeah, what is this girl doing? Like, <laughs> like waltzing in this restaurant? Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> but uh, I, I can usually win, win most people over, uh, knock on wood. Of course you can. But, uh, you're, you're an amazing, <laughs> talented person. Like, it's... I think... I'll ask you this question, too. It's like, when you think about piano... And when you think about guitar and, you know, I mean, I've seen some guys in all my years get up and play the flute. It's like, <laughs> so it's like, what do you think is the most tame and the most tolerable? Like, do you think that, I feel like piano is probably up there. Piano is definitely up there, especially like, I don't do this a whole lot, but just playing and not singing um, really works. Just kind of blend into the atmosphere of space. I don't really want to say blend into the background because I, I just don't really have the ability to do that. But, like, mm-hmm. just to, like, kind of add to the atmosphere of a space and add to the atmosphere of a restaurant or a bar or a, a, a venue of some sort. Um, the piano is definitely among the tamer instruments. Um, acoustic guitar as well. Um, I'd say even the electric, too, if you, if you do, you know, you're just kind of, like, mellow with it. Mm-hmm. Um and you're just yeah creating an ambiance rather than like a drive um but that being said about the piano the piano can certainly be a loud in your face instrument too. yes bang the shit out of that thing um and that's one of my favorite things about the that instrument is the the dynamics of being really soft in one moment and really you know intense in another moment and and playing with that throughout a show and throughout a song um that's even how I try to tailor my sets to like have an ebb and flow where, okay, this this is going to be up here energy-wise, and then we're going to go down here for a little bit, and then we're going to go back up here, you know, kind of like taking the audience on a journey rather than always being up here, always being down here. like Right. Yeah. Right. I, I was also going to ask you about your voice, too, like going back to, you know, listening to yourself during a live show. Like when you record something – like, does that transcend? Do you play it? Like, I mean, I, I tell this story all the time because it's a really great experience. There's an interview with Dave Grohl and uh, Sam Jones on this show called Off Camera. And he explains how, like, he gives advice to young bands coming up and wanting to, like, be um, more passionate about what they're doing. And he said, just go out and play live. Like, that was the first thing out of his mouth. And do you think that... Does that transcend to when you go record a song? Because when I recorded my EP, I felt like my voice was so powerful in my songs. Like, I didn't didn't know. This is what I got to deal with all the time. Just spam calls. (laughs) God, I'm going to shoot these people if I ever find them. (laughs) But do you find, like, when when you recorded your songs that your voice was... A bit different like were you feverish about it or how did you what was the feeling i was i was a little nervous um just because i i've taken you know after years of working with my voice uh i re i know how temperamental the voice can be and um leading up to it it's like okay like i hope i'm having a good vocal day like this is the day we're going in the studio yeah um and yeah, I definitely was surprised 
I was surprised with the power of my voice and, uh, you know, using, I'm not used to using a condenser mic either. Um, right. Yeah. And realizing, you know, hearing myself back and being like, oh my God, that's the texture of my voice. And like, you know, like we were kind of saying before, like playing with reverb, playing with these, the ways you can adjust levels. Oh, let's see if we turn up the high end of your voice. What are we going to hear? Oh, let's see if we turn up the low end of your voice. Like just hearing all this, these different textures and colors kind of coming out of my my voice that I use and hear every day um, was a really interesting experience. Um, what are you doing? <laughs> but um, no, it's it was really exciting. I mean, I haven't I haven't had a ton of experience in a recording studio. Um, I've recorded a lot on GarageBand and tried to, you know, mess yep. with things that way. Here he comes. There he is. Tree tree. Hey, buddy. He's like, I hear voices. You know, talking a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was our old thing to use too. Was uh, was GarageBand, but my buddy who uh, was really, really a good producer when we started playing um, together, like in my first band, he really like. And there's so much to do now on GarageBand. Like, there's so many things that you can change like there's so many different instruments now there's different soundscapes yeah. and synthesizers it's like there was nothing when it came out when it first came yeah, out it was yeah. just like yeah here's a microphone good luck you know <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. like um, but uh yeah. you just you make it work i really like garage band especially just for the accessibility of it if nothing else like i'm i've been using it recently just to kind of like get an idea like hear the song back uh, since I obviously can't, you know, listen to it as I play it, um, be like, okay, this is what, this is how it flows, this is what the piano and the voice sound like together, um, especially to get an idea of adding other instruments in. Um, you know, I have my idea as I'm playing it, I have my idea in my head of what I want other instruments to be doing, but to be able to listen back, and then like, you know, like drum along on my legs, or like, you know, play, try to play other parts on the piano, like what I would, or sing along what I would imagine uh, a guitar part to be, or, um, you know, especially I have that Nord, like playing along with other sounds. Yeah. Um, and having just the root piano and then going and be like, what does this cool synth sound sound like? What does it sound like with an organ doing something? Um, and I find that recently that's kind of my biggest tool to just be able to, to grow the song. Um, and kind of add the other elements in and, and make the arrangement rather than just everything being up here because I'm I'm not actually going to know until it's physicalized in some way. When you were, uh, when you're writing something and you know, you're like me where you take, you have to take a certain amount of time to really get a message clear and out. Um, when you do that, like, what comes out in your songs? Is it your experiences? Is it what you're feeling? Like, you know, what can people expect, I guess, is my question from... That's such a good question. From your writing. Yeah, it's probably more about what I'm feeling more than anything else. A lot of times, I'll just start playing something, and I'll just start playing around with chords and how stuff sounds, and then I'll just start singing on top of it, and... I gotta say, probably the best stuff I've written is just in the ether, lost forever. Like, <laughs> playing, s singing something, singing a verse, being like, oh, that was so good, picking up a pen and paper, and just, what just happened? <laughs> like, trying to play, play the same thing again and be like, no, no, I'm gonna get it back, I'm gonna get it back. And just, right. Nope, it's, 
that was for the universe. That was not for containment. Just got to let it go a lot of times. <laughs> I recently tried to, if I, if I feel like something's going to be good, I'll try to, like, put my phone on record or do a voice memo just mm. to, like, and then I'll just, you know, leave it going for, like, you know, just keep playing, keep trying to just let stream of consciousness kind of take over. And then I'll go back and fine-tune and be like, okay, like, what is this, what it, what am I trying to say in here? Um, you know, I just had this stream of consciousness with, with this melody line or with these chords, like, what am I actually getting at here? Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times, you know, I will, like, it'll be something I'm feeling, like, if I'm having a shitty day, sometimes I'll sit down and just bang something out, and hopefully something from that is good. Um... Or a lot of times too, I'll have I'll have like written like a line or two, just like of lyrics, and then I'll try to fit them into a song structure somehow. Be like, I really like how this sounds. Like, I really like how these words fit together. Like, how how can I make this into a song? Like, what? How can I grow this seed? You are hurting me. Right. It's <laughs> it's such a process. Like, I don't think. You know, people understand how much, and honestly, unless you probably spoke about it in public, they probably wouldn't know how much of a percentage of emotion goes into a song. Like, yeah. you know, people think, oh, that sounds good. They, you know, they must be feeling good all the time. It's like, no, dude, you have no idea what I had to go through to get this sentence out, let alone this entire piece of music. Yeah. You know, the weight behind the experiences, absolutely. It's a therapeutic thing, and people don't. Totally. I think, you know, for the longest time, I look back at my old notebook and I'm like, "What was I going through at this point in my life? You know, what am I saying here and this and that? Like, what was what that, was on yeah. my mind?" But it's, it's like it's a helpful tool that you didn't know you needed. I think is probably one of the best ways I could describe it. You know what absolutely. I'm saying? Yeah, no, for, for me, um, you know, before I intended on releasing songs and releasing my music, it just was a way for me to process, um, process my thoughts and feelings and just kind of like, if there's too much chaos inside me, at least it gets it out and puts it somewhere else. Um, yeah. You know, just kind of transmuting energy that way. Um, but yeah, it's definitely true, like, the, the weight of experiences, and you don't realize, kind of, um, like I said, I, I, I write a lot of time stream of con consciousness, you don't even realize what's going to come up until it's, you know, falling falling out of your mouth, or you're writing it down on the page, and then you look back, I'm, I'm pretty similar, looking back at old journals, being like, whoa, like, what's going on, younger, like, right? um, am I depressed? But sometimes I'll look <laughs> back, and I'll be like, hey, like, I thought this poem was shit, and this is actually not too bad, like, should i should put this to music i should try to expand on this right there's some lyrics that just i mean it's so funny i think in these later years of my playing more lyrics come to me without music while i'm just sitting there because you know my yeah. i work at ups and so it's like yeah i've been there for seven years i know how to do my job quickly and kind of make time for my for myself and like in those moments where I'm kind of just standing there waiting for things to happen, a lyric will come into my head that's so powerful because you just lose yourself. You know, you get in your own head and it starts to it starts to fester into something beautiful. 
sometimes, you totally. know, or it could be something especially terrible. Working on something else, like something non-music related. Yeah, yeah um, right. And something, you know, where you're completely distracted, not distracted, but you know, you're, you're just not in that headspace. And then like, yeah, like you said, you'll just have a moment of inspiration. It's like, oh, like I got it. You know, I, my notes app is filled with stuff like that. Yes. Just like a few words or a few sentences. Like a lot of times I'll come up with a song title um, and no, they'll be like, okay, I got it. That's usually the opposite of how I work. The song titles usually last. Um, but sometimes a title will just come first and I'll be like, okay, like one day I'll, I'll, I'll write music and words to this. Um, Thank goodness for that notes app, bro. Like that is a godsend. I'm a big big journal person. I always have been. So I always have like some form of paper and pen on me. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, ever since I was a little kid, I've always been like that. Um, yeah, the, the having it, you know, compact into something like this is, nice for sure <laughs> how many um how many live shows would you say you've played in the last few years like what what's uh what's your biggest run since you've been on this it's like a if the how long has the residency been a couple of years you said um i had no uh i had a residency over the summer and then i played a bunch of solo shows on top of that i'm gonna say a solid 50 Maybe like I mean cumulatively probably like probably easily a hundred shows with various yeah. groups and sure uh, projects and you know playing myself like which is which is pretty crazy to think I haven't been at it you know sometimes I really get down on myself about I need to be doing this I need to be doing that I need Same. to be further like Same. and to kind of take a step back and be like you know I I really haven't been at it for that long like <laughs> no I never had a residency. I never had a residency in my whole life, and I've been playing for 18 years. <laughs> no, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, I will say I think the piano helps me in that respect as well. Yes, um, I've been told sure. a few times up here that I'm the only piano player uh, around. Most people are playing guitar, and I think that helps me because it's just something different to offer. Um, same with playing in other groups. Like, There's not a whole lot of piano players that are willing to you know jump in a group um a lot of people i think when we're young and we're forced to learn piano like either in a lesson or just it's one of those like instruments you think like okay i have to do the stupid learner book and i have to you know i i took lessons for about a month and i hated it and i was done like, oh yeah yeah um you know I, i'm pretty self-taught uh when Same. it comes to the piano but i think it's also a pain in the ass instrument to deal with like getting it to and from gigs is can be a nightmare yeah an absolute nightmare yeah um, the, the portability of it i think is a big turnoff um especially if you're insane like me and you're like no i need 88 keys so like yes. i don't want a smaller one i want the full one um i think that definitely makes a difference with uh people being like oh hey you offer something different like right you know and the fact that i blend i i try to I try to tailor my covers so that I'm still authentic to myself, but I try to give everyone a little smattering of different styles and different genres. Like I said, I'm, I'm a big deadhead. I play a lot of fish too. Um, and I've started really getting more into like uh, female powerhouse singers, getting into more Amy Winehouse, more Adele, more yeah. Stevie Nicks, like yeah. trying to just go for things that 
I love and I that have inspired me and have you know as a songwriter as a singer um but stuff that I didn't necessarily think to play um and then as I've played more shows people have come up to me hey can you learn this hey your voice would sound great with this like right um isn't that and funny how they identify you like that? How they put you in like a, a category once they hear your voice? They're like, oh, she sounds like this person. She should do more of that. Yeah. That Which happens sometimes a lot. I'm like, really? Like, I don't think I sound like that at all. I know, right? Like, I've, I've learned of a lot of artists that way. You'd be like, oh, I've, I've heard of that person. Right. Like, or, oh, yeah, I know, I know some of their stuff, but like, I'll check that out. Like, someone asked me to play Alicia Keys the other day. Um, and I love Alicia Keys. I grew yeah. up listening to Alicia Keys, yeah. but. Man, if I don't think I had played an Alicia Keys song for like ten years, and I was like, you know, like I was like, yeah, I, th- I think I remember how to play this, and then I I played it at this gig, and I was like, fuck, why have I not been doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you oh know? for sure. There's um like I I think there's a lot of people out there who I try to emulate, but I mean, when you finally get in your lane, you yeah. know, it's it's satisfying. But you, and it's a big compliment to sound like all these greats, but at the same time, it's like, does that ever bother you that you want to sound like yourself? Like you want your voice to be your voice and more like, because that's always bothered me. It's like, I want it to sound like me. I don't want it to sound like somebody else. That's kind of how, where I've been, I, I will say the, one of the blessings of the residency is I definitely want to stick to what people are expecting but at the same time like playing these songs every week i i I don't have it in me to play it the same every time i just don't Mm -hmm. um and i i just have more fun with it like kind of adding my own flair and doing my own vocal inflections and uh, i love playing with syncopation and kind of being like around the beat uh vocally rather than right on right on the money with it um and that's definitely helped me find my own style and then going into one of my own songs from a song that everyone knows is is a cool experience too because uh you know not always but a lot of times people's ears will kind of perk up like oh well i knew that song before and i like this song i I feel like i I should know this song but i don't know this song um like i had a i had an experience last summer where i forget what i had played before but i ended up playing one of my songs afterwards and I announced at the end, like, oh, I wrote this song. And this guy, this guy was like, oh, my God, really? And his, the woman next to him was like, I knew that. I could tell. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. And she's like, there's something about my style that is being picked up on, even if people can't articulate what it is. Right. Um, there's something about me that's apparently definable um, and people like. It's not like, oh, that's her and don't do it ever again. Like, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, uh, man, I love, I love when I write new songs sometimes and the way I sing something. Like, I, I have this song and I, that's going to be coming out called 2AM. Like, the live version will be the first version of the song that comes out before, because yeah. it's going to be on the record too, but. Nice. You know, it's about, it's about my friend Kate who passed away. Like it just, it woke me up one night and I was like, this sucks. And I'm like, there's, there's some things that just trigger you when they trigger you. 
And I don't mean trigger like get pissed off. I mean trigger like lyrics come up and you know yeah. you have to get up and and write it down if it's good. And it was that night. Like that night, I woke up at two in the morning. And I'm like, this is crazy, and I have an idea. And I just I freestyled something for the first time, and the way I sang it was the way I freestyled it. Like it wasn't my yeah. normal type of way of singing, and it just it shocked me. I got emotional, but I was like, this is a new way of writing. Like, this is a new way I could approach songs. Does that ever happen to you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just being in a moment of, yeah, just overwhelmed with what's going on internally. Um, Find music, playing, writing, listening, dancing to you is is an incredible way to process grief. Um. You know, it's, it's, I think why music has probably endured for a millennia or two. Um, yeah, just about. You know, cause <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a, an intangible thing that helps us deal with other intangible things and helps us m- move, move energy around both in ourselves and out here. Um, yeah, that's definitely happened to me before as well. Just being being wrapped up in whatever's going on within me, and then just sitting at the piano and like letting it go. Um, especially with writing, put putting it, putting what previously didn't have words, giving it words, and giving it kind of like, okay, this is you can go here now. You don't have to, you know, live in my mind anymore. Yeah, it's you know, like I said before, it's cathartic and very transparent when it comes to. I mean, especially, like, out on stage is such a different element, you know, compared to when you're just alone by yourself and you're connecting with somebody, you know? It's like, you say something on stage and somebody's actually listening and they connect with it, that's the biggest compliment anybody can ever get as a musician. Totally. It's a a beautiful feeling to to know you've moved people, especially um, people who... Not necessarily we're going to be against you, but people who weren't necessarily, you know, weren't there to see you yeah. um, and don't know who you are. To be able to be like, I I moved you. Yeah. Something about, you know, with original music especially, too, to be, you know, play songs and see that it has an effect on people. Um, it, it's a powerful thing. Yeah, it um, is. It's, it's a gift to be able to do that. Oh, yeah. And give that to somebody. Absolutely. I remember... You know, no one's ever going to hear these songs because they never ended up coming out, unfortunately. Uh, which I wish that they did because they were so... We were writing this record before the band broke up that was going to dwarf mm. anything we'd ever did. And there was a song... That, so if you ever got to see us live, congratulations. <laughs> it's never <laughs> happening again. Um, but we played this song in... I think I want to say it was like 2019 or something like that if I'm really going back in my memory. Isn't that, isn't that sad? Like, you can't remember four years ago. You're like, I, I'm branded. Like, when was that? I um, was there. <laughs> yeah. I th- COVID just ruined everybody's memory and life along with oh. tons of other things. But yeah. anyway, we were playing this festival that I used to put on called Hoodstock. And it was in Robin Hood Park in Keene. And I remember there was a song that I used to play called With Your Words that I started writing on bass. Like, I was really Mm. listening to, I was listening to bands like Brand New, and, um, 
you know, band of horses, like just stuff that was really, that started off small and just became so large in the choruses and stuff like that, you know, and it, it, it lifted me up to write this song called with your words. And it was about a girl who I was, Mm. you know, really, I had a thing for for years. And next thing you know, I see her at the show. Like she shows up and you know, the things you can't say that are on your mind and on your heart to a person. That is one of the biggest gifts about being a musician too, is like getting your thoughts out there. And she was there that day and I sang that song and it was the best version that I ever sang because the shock of it and I think the emotions, it just something that had to be done. And like, it's, it's kind of a, an experience when you get to do those things and then it slowly drifts away from you. Like that situation, I don't think about anymore. And it's yeah. like, sometimes you need that in your life. You need that platform to get something off your chest. Totally. Yeah. You could, you could let it go. Um, that's really cool. That's a really cool experience, especially to have her come. Yeah, I know. Um, and, and, sorry. I didn't mean to go on that tangent story with you. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> um, that's that's probably really cathartic, like you said, because um, mm-hmm. you're able to say say what you want need to say in a way, and then, but not in a way that's necessarily high stakes. I don't think that's what I'm trying to say, but like, yeah, you're able to put it out there in this way and let just let let the experience go and let the energy go and yeah, you let it speak for yeah, itself. Yeah. Oh, exactly, exactly. You know, I feel similar ways. I I mean, it's so crazy how, you know, some people can do math to the T. Like, they know everything that you're supposed to go through to this, 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 and this. You know, musicians, we don't know what we're going through in different songs from one lyric to the next. Yeah. You know, we're so... We're not caught up on one specific message. Our brains are going in 8,000 different directions, figuring out how we're we going to finish and write this song and, and, exactly. and, and connect. It's, it's and, a powerful thing. To see how, how it works musically, too. Like, your music might be saying one thing, but your lyrics are saying something else. Yes. Um, they don't necessarily have to agree with each other, but just how they, how they work together, how one helps the other. Um, I think is definitely an experience and um, you know for me like with the voice like how the melody is really helping tell the story too um, I think Tom Waits has a great quote that says I like beautiful mel- melodies that tell me horrible things um, and I, I that's definitely something I ascribe to as a songwriter um, Yeah, you know talking about something that's maybe ugly or bad or sad or angry or whatever um kind of these more negative emotions but then telling it with a beautiful melody so it's kind of like the juxtaposition is really cool yes um and definitely that's really what i think moves people too is because the melody is something for them to catch on to the the music is something for them to catch on to but then the words that they're saying it's whoa, like, what's going on here? I have a friend um, who... Like, wow, I, I felt that too. I didn't think... It, that's one of my favorite feelings 
just as a, a music lover, like, wow, I didn't think anybody else felt that way. Thought that was right. just me alone. To share that with with people is is brilliant. Um, yeah. Like it, it's it's so neat. I have a friend. It's funny you mentioned Tom Waits because I have a. a I have a friend, like he's, I want to get him on the show before he goes. Cause he's, he's like 70 years old. He worked at UPS. I work out, I work he's out not. with two other guys that work at UPS. Like we're like a little family. Like one, one guy's like my dad and one guy's like the older guy I'm talking about. It's like my grandfather. And, yeah. uh, you know, he is, he connects with music so much. And I met him eight years ago when I started working at UPS and it was just like, we became the best of friends because of our connection to music. And he, he was telling me one time, he was like, it's not the music that means more to me, but it's what they're saying that I can identify and really think about. And I was like, wow, that's, it's crazy because, you know, I think about the trash that's on the radio today. I'm like, how do people connect with something that they can't even understand? Yeah. You know? It feels like a lot of stuff is der- derivative of each other. And yes. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, that's that's cool wordplay, you know. Um, don't get me wrong. There's some popular stuff that I definitely dig. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, yeah. I'm not, By yeah. the way, I'm not saying that, like... I'm not saying that there aren't good people out there that are crushing it. Like, no, of but, course, but it's, it's definitely interesting to see what, what will get more airtime or more play than others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What just yeah. kind of pops up more, like not even that you're searching for it. It's just like, oh, this song's playing again? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> really? Um, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I... and whether that's because the song actually is connected with people or if there's something else going on. I know, you know, labels work their magic. Yeah. Uh, and marketing masters and all that stuff and you know for people like you and i who've been independent musicians and you know that's a whole other world is getting into the world of of the music industry networking and really playing the label game um you know i have i have such mixed feelings about that because um i i love being able to uh have the freedom to make my own choices and kind of do whatever I want and yeah. not have to be held down to, to, you know, certain things. But at the same time, like they just have access to a whole network that it, it is almost impossible to get being on your own. Yeah. My, um, my buddy George, who is in a band called lost in transit, go check them out. If you haven't heard them, <laughs> they are, so local it's stupid like it, it's my buddy who i who started my second band signals over the air with me who i adore is so emotionally connected to like his audience and his craft and you know just the love of music he asked me one time on this podcast he's like you know how much of your personality comes out on stage and I, and I was wondering what he meant by that, but then I saw him, you know, I've seen him play live a thousand times, but it's like, he really loves the community. He really loves connecting with a local audience. He really loves not being a part of something that needs to be huge. Like, he doesn't need to have a camera on him. He doesn't need to be anything but himself. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, I love that you said that about about labels because I feel like local is is like the best local and 
you know, just the, just the feeling of like, I'm not responsible except for getting my message across, you know? Yeah. No, there's definitely a power in that freedom. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, and, and there's a, a real beauty in um, connecting with a solid community that it doesn't have to be massive, but just knowing you have this, this solid group of people um, who dig your, dig your stuff and want to see your stuff. Like, that's what it's all about. Um, you know, that's, that's the real core, core, of, core of it. Um, and if that grows, that's awesome. But like, you know, just keep, excuse me, keeping the love where it's at. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I have mixed feelings, like I said. <laughs> so what do you got coming up? What's going on with you next? Like you got, you just posted about some shows. When's that? When are you playing next? So this Saturday I'm playing at the White House Inn um, in Wilmington, Vermont. Uh, from 7 to nine, seven to 10, I'm playing uh, in the Hideaway Lounge. I think it's like the lower level. And that's actually going to be pretty nice. I think I'm going to do a full set of just original music for one of the sets. Beautiful. Um, it's a little more lenient. It's more like an actual music club down there. So I, I can, ad- you know, I don't have to adhere as much to, okay, like, what do people want to hear? It's I right. got a little more freedom. Um, then I have uh, a Sunday at 1846 Tavern, um, followed by a Tuesday. I play every Sunday and Tuesday there, uh, starting at 530 both days. And this Tuesday is actually my last show until June. Where are those at? Um, they, uh, Westover, Vermont. Westover, um, okay. Now, where yeah. where is that in relation to where I saw you, which was at, like, Whetstone? That's about 45 minutes away. Oh. All of those are about 40 to 45 minutes away from Whetstone and Brattleboro. Whoa, what, um, that's a hike. Dri- keep driving on Route 9. Yep. Um, it will, you'll eventually come to Wilmington and Westover and all that area. Oh, um, oh, oh. Dover's by Wilmington? Yeah, Dover. You drive from Wilmington into into West into Dover. Oh, um, Wilmington's such a cute um, town. So I've probably driven through your town a thousand times. Wilmington's adorable. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And then I'm playing at Trail Eighty Seven, another Westover restaurant. I've I've ha- I've played there. Um, yeah, that was another one of my first solo shows. Was playing there. I played there about every month. Um, try to in the winter and the summer. Yeah. Usually breaks in the spring and fall, just as the restaurants transition. Um, and then I'm playing at the Midway Cafe, uh, in Jamaica Plain with, um, my, we call it E-Dollop because it's electric dollop. Uh, it's, my dad's on the electric guitar now and John Frazee who, who organizes the events there. Um, he's going to be on the drums. Our friend Cyrus is going to be on the bass. Um, and we're just playing, we're playing for like a 45 minute set. Um, you know, playing some of my originals, just enjoying enjoying playing with an electric band I, i'm sad i don't get to do it as much as i used to but um yeah that's super exciting. cool and then, what's it um taking a break from gigs for a little bit until april um got a few in april but the residency uh stops until summer right so, right right uh i'm gonna try to folk really get my get my shit together and um lock an ep down or at least lock down some of the you know like i was saying earlier um just the piano and just the vocal and get something raw and see see what that's like and see see how that stands on its own before layering in other instruments and making arrangements um in that way 
Wow. Yeah, lots going on. Um, more gigs coming up, of course. Uh, but yeah, this this week is pretty uh, lot going on. <laughs> That's nuts. What's it? What's it like playing with your dad? Like, what does that what does that mean like to you on stage? Like, cause I always was like, man, like, my dad always like noodle around on the guitar. He's like, man, I forgot everything. I'm like, I wonder what it would be like to play guitar with my dad. Like, if I ever did a show with him. <laughs> it's a cool experience for sure. I mean, my dad is definitely a huge a huge push for me to play. Uh, my whole life just pushing me. Like, I tried learning the guitar like him when I was younger. It's just my hands too. Sp- too small it didn't just didn't stick for me right um he always just encouraged me to play like always showed me new music um but never you know discouraged me from liking something that maybe wasn't his vibe um and then as i got older we would start we started going to music festivals together we started going to concerts a lot together um and it just became a real bonding stone for us um and then playing together, well, I was I was living with my parents during the pandemic as well, so, uh, um, you know, it just became something for us to do. Um, we started doing these, like, these drops on Facebook. We would try to post, like, a video a day. We think we did it for, like, a month. Um, just putting something out there every day, like, especially for our, our little our jam band community back in Mass. Like, hey, guys, like, we miss you. We love you. Like, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, uh, who'd you, uh, um, sorry, go ahead, finish what you are saying. No, no, I was just about to say, I mean, it's, it's still my dad, you know, so he's still, you know, kicking my ass sometimes when I don't want to play, um, <laughs> you know, and, and likewise, like, uh, I pick a song, he's like, oh, I'm not playing that, that sucks, like, <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for him for kind of, like, making me get my shit together, um, and believing in me, and, um, you know, telling me to go for it. Uh, That's cool. I definitely needed needed that. Yeah. What's I, like who who have you seen in concert with your dad? Oh man, um, let's see. I think my parents took me to see the dead. Jerry Garcia had died, but they took me to see the dead when I was eight. Um, that was sick. That was really cool. We left as the second set started because it kind of started getting weird. Yep. Um, <laughs> I started doing drugs. Oh my god, those are like, like multiple okay, hour concerts cool, too. Like the dead play for 8,000 years. It's, it's like, just don't stop playing. They have so many songs. It's like, oh my god, when's this going to stop? Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, my dad and I are big fish fans. So yeah. ever since I was, ever since I turned 18, I think we've been seeing them, try to see them together at least once a year. Right. Um, which has been awesome. But you know, then we saw Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, Lincoln Park twice. You saw Lincoln, Lincoln Park, Park twice? Yeah, we, uh, I, we were in GA. I crowd surfed. I think I was like 14 or 15. What? I completely lost my dad in the crowd. I, you know, crowd surf all the way to the front. And then I ran through being like, I can't find my dad. Help me find my dad. Like, and, you know, all these people, of course, let me go right up to the front. Um, what was that was like? What was that like listening to Chester live like i can't even it breaks my heart man freaking crazy it was crazy um alex and i are on a lincoln park kick right now so it's, yeah. it's been sad to to listen back for sure um, it's rough i i had a buddy one of my best friends was like a lincoln park head yeah and you know 
they came out with that last album, One More Light, and it was, I was so happy because I was like, oh, this is great. You know, Chester's, like, they're getting on this kick. Like, they're discovering new ways to sing songs. You know, they, like, and I love the screaming. I love all the old stuff, but it was just, like, it was cool to see them get more into the singing and, like, the passion. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is tremendous. You're like, what's, what's going to happen really? now? And it's just, like. It, it really, really broke my heart because they broke my heart too. Yeah. they were everywhere. You could not turn the radio on without hearing Linkin Park. It was everywhere. Oh, totally. The 2010s, they really just dominated. They dominated. And they crossed over, I feel like, so many different people I knew who were, you know, uh, who had latched on to so many different genres. Like, there was a real... There was a real, so many people just were into that for so many different groups. It felt like, you know, I, I was in high school at the time um, when they were really, really big. And it just felt like everybody in my grade was into them, no matter kind of who you are. Like, yeah. everybody could appreciate it in some way. Yeah. Um. No, that was, and just seeing them, you know, and getting to see them in GA, especially. like. Yeah, seriously. They just that was, were so I big. the first mosh pit I was ever in. Oh. Like, <laughs> um, you know, like, and just, that was crazy experience been like boston garden okay let's go like um let's see who else have my dad and i seen we saw uh offspring weezer we really were on a kick for a few years god that's awesome um, we saw sound garden too uh right before chris cornell died like wow there's another one where it's just nine inch nails great live show nine inch nails um i got to meet um alon rubin uh a couple of years ago at an Angels and Airwaves concert because he's the drummer for those guys. He was the best, yeah. man. They're, all those guys are great. I actually got to meet Tom. That's crazy. It, it was nuts. But, um, wow, dude, that's 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 amazing. That, like, you, you realize that 20 years from now, they're going to be like, hey, what was your dad like? And you'd be like, we did... We got to see some of the greatest people of all time. Like, that is phenomenal. Congrats on that. Thank you. No, that's what I've been saying to him. Like, we've caught some great acts um, that aren't here anymore. I mean, Stone Temple Pilots, too. He's gone. The lead singer, that's gone. Yeah. Um, We saw Chili Peppers, which I don't think... I think they are all through their rough spots. But that was still an amazing show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, The only... uh, Leaves of the Boston Garden once again. (laughs) The only concert I've seen with my dad is well, I'm not amongst like local stuff like that, but I'll never forget this. This is one of the best moments of my life where ACDC was on their 2014 2015 run. Like they just came out with Rock or Bust. And I was like, my gosh, my dad loves music. I love music. Like we don't really, we didn't really connect when I was younger, but as we got older yeah. and we saw ACDC at Gillette in front of 65,000 people and it was one of the top three concerts of my life like it was just perfect like we're on the 50 yard line it's right there my dad me great seats i mean no that sounds incredible he's like there's something about yeah he's got his phone up like right he's filming he's like He's like, I gotta pee so bad, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> oh my god! Well, there's something about seeing seeing a band you love with that many people is an incredible experience. Like we are all here 
because we love this band and we want to see this band like that's that's special in and of itself before the band's even done anything like yeah just being in that vibe of like we're all so stoked to be here like we've all traveled to be here we're all yeah holding our pee to not miss anything mm-hmm. like yeah that's it that's some special shit it was yeah, great. To do with people you love and people you want to share that experience with. It's it's a really special thing. Like I just graduated high school, uh, maybe a few months before, and that was like my graduation present. And you nice. know, you know, again, getting to share those moments with people, like for you, because I still love going to concerts. I still love going to see all shows all the time. You know, oh, it's. Yeah. It's different when you're on stage as opposed to when you can share it with the other person and how special that really, really is. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So one definitely, yeah, sorry, what were you going to say? No, 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 go ahead. I was just about to say one definitely informs the other too, like being able to be, you know, being in the audience and having a blast in the audience and then getting on stage and being like, what do I like as an audience member? Right. Um, You know, what experience do I like? How can I provide that? It's, uh, what are your, like, I assume you've been to a ton of concerts. I'll kind of wrap this up, but what if, what, who was your favorite artist that you saw perform that was like, has maybe inspired you in some sort of way? Like what, what has put you above the top when it comes to, uh, to that kind of, to that kind of, uh, influence? Hmm. My, my impulse is to say, I, so classic that was a tough question um, i should not have gone into that much detail on that question i mean honestly like living in chicago seeing a lot of people who would sing in the subway was honestly one of the most inspiring things that's cool because people out here with these incredible voices like just out here singing in the subway i have no idea who they are i'm never gonna see them again like couldn't even tell you what they were singing but just some especially after like a long day of work sometimes someone's out here just pouring their heart out and you're like i am that's one of those things where you really connect with somebody you're like i am fucking right there with you man yeah Uh. yeah then the moment you get on the train the moment's gone and maybe you you know throw a few dollars in for them but it's like it's really that in the moment experience like i would say in terms of like a band as a whole um seeing seeing fish was pretty big like especially because they have a lot of the uh elements i like they have you know a grant someone who plays the grand piano pretty much throughout the whole show um and also does all these crazy piano stuff but then they have all this cool jamming that i really like their songwriting um just a lot of stuff i really like um i saw avril lavigne too avril lavigne was my oh my god love her um and she's just like that's someone who's definitely inspired me for a lot of my life too. Like I'm me too. Be like Avril, me like, too. Like know? even from a um, young age, like when she would come out, like she was a punk and stuff like that. It was like, you know, cause I come from the punk generation and it was like, yeah. it was, she was something different. She was beautiful and she did not care. Yeah. Like she was just, she's a badass. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's so my she's, type of girl. She's a great example too of being like a tough ass. And then having really soft, tender moments and just making your heart bleed. like That last really album she it. came out with was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. What the heck? Uh, what the heck was that song that she came out the, with? Um, Head Above Water is the name of the Head song. Above Water, yeah. 
Oh, Lyme disease. Gorgeous um, vocals. Holy yeah. cow. Amazing. Amazing. You know, she's something else. But that, like, I would say Fish and Avril in terms of, like, a live experience. I'm sure after after we end this, I'm going to be thinking about it all night. And be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, like, that's my, like, gut impulse of, like, who I've seen live that's really, like, tra- transformed me as an artist and, like, kind For of sure. what made me be like, I want to fucking do this. Like, For sure. You know, I, I want to be like that. Yeah, I want to give people that. It's crazy, man. You know? Yeah, I... Yeah. I've been influenced by so many people, but um, it's funny you mentioned the subway. This was probably... Let's pretend 2012, something like that. Sure, and I'm in the subway with my buddies that live in Queens. And uh, there's this one guy that's... I can't remember what instrument he was playing. I want to say... I want to say he was playing piano, but I can't really be sure. I'd have to ask my mother if she was there. Um, but he started playing Temptations. And the next thing you know, it's like... Mm-hmm. and Because I, I love all music. I love like Motown and all that old stuff. Like yeah. it's, it's gold. You know, you're a musician. You listen to everything. Even if you don't yeah. want to. So he's playing, he's playing Temptations. The next thing you know, me and my buddies were doing all the moves because all my buddies nice. who are, are musicians and stuff like that. We're all digging it. And my mom took a video. She still got it to this day. But it's just like awesome. it's that type of moment where there's nobody else around you. It's like 2 in the morning. You're in the subway and guys playing music just to get by. And you're like, I want to share a moment with this person. I want to share a moment with yeah. somebody like this. You know, it was just, it was yeah, he, very, very they're special. They're giving you the gift of music too, like in that space. Yes. Um, no, it's a really special thing. It's a really special thing. Very, Absolutely. very fleeting. That's crazy, man. Point in time. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna wrap this up, but uh, I just. Sounds good. I won't, oh man, what a great conversation, my friend. Thanks for yeah, coming thank on. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, you got like a website or something you want to plug? Like, it's, uh, b- I certainly do. Um, Go for it. Um, it's got all my upcoming dates. Um, I also have, uh, yeah, two songs out um, uh, Ex Queen of Hearts and Eternal Blues. If you just search my name pretty much on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, any of those places. Uh, I will pop up. Um, yeah. That's yeah. dope, bro. Oh um, my gosh. Got my Instagram, Allegra Larson Music, which I'm probably gonna change the handle of. But, <laughs> but uh, to Savage Piano so Player Ninety Nine. Something like that. <laughs> oh man. But thank you so much. This has been a total blast. Well, listen, um, it's. Uh, it's always a privilege to have new people on and you have certainly, especially getting the privilege to see you live. You're, you're indeed talented and, and a sweetheart. And I appreciate you taking the time to, to come hang out with me. Um, it means a lot. So go check out my girl Allegra. She got those dates. Uh, I only have one date, which is in April and it's a private show and I can't invite any of you. Otherwise I would, but I just wanted to let you know, I am out there. I'm still, kind of doing stuff uh this date is april 15th 2023 brooksdale florida and spoiler alert it's going to be the first live album i've ever recorded so stay tuned for that that is my big news that is coming out that i wanted to share at the end of the show so i look forward to 
sharing all new music, old music, and anything in between. It's I'm pretty psyched. I've never recorded a live album before, so this will be the first live album. Anything else, if you have it on a camera, congratulations. But anyway, <laughs> so go check that. Go check out Allegra's music. Thank you, guys. This has been a Why You Laughing podcast, and we are clear. Thank you. Bye. Is it working?